Welcome to the Fit Life with MJ podcast, where you'll learn how to take complete control of your mind and body to become unstoppably confident and create a life you cannot get enough of. Listen in as I drop weekly real and raw solo apps and interviews with industry professionals, teaching you not only how to overcome your self-doubt and limiting mindsets, but also learn how to navigate the BS of the health industry. Avoid being tricked by health gimmicks and discover how to lose your unwanted weight and get into your best shape the right and sustainable way for you. Because truly, becoming the best version of yourself requires not only being in complete control of your own mind and emotions, but also being in your best physical shape. I'm your host, MJ, a certified personal trainer, nutrition and mindset coach, and the creator of Forever Fit, my online health and mindset program. And I'm here to help you become unstoppable. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. So let's get into it. What's good, fam? Welcome back to the Fit Life with MJ podcast. She is bloody excited about this episode today. We've got a solo episode coming at you, but I'm going to be sharing something that has been completely game-changing for me in terms of reducing and in my experience, sometimes even removing stress and anxiety. It's a unique technique, (laughs) I didn't mean for that to rhyme, that I've been honing over the years since I noticed that I'd been doing this a certain way that I hadn't seen be done before. It's just the way my brain tends to work. And it's been so damn effective. And I started teaching it to the FitFam when I noticed just how powerful it was for them. And I've coined the term the fade up method. So I'm going to explain to you what it is, how it works and how you can use it too, because OMG, it's, it's a brain saver because most of our stress and anxiety these days, it comes from problems in some capacity, right? Like if you don't have a problem, you don't really have anything to be stressed or worried about, right? Problems usually around overwhelm from being busy, having too much to do, too much on our plates, fear of possible outcomes of something that is going to happen in the future and the fear that it's going to be bad or that it's going to be a bad outcome and circumstances or people that are troubling us are usually the things that stress us out and cause anxiety, right? Now, obviously being human, I experience all of these things as well. And in all my years of being human, I've come a long way in managing my stress and anxiety. I bit of background on me, why I actually developed this method. And it, it felt so important for me to really start doing something to handle my own stress and anxiety is because when I was little, I was very much a very non-self-trusting, very... I just wanted everyone else to save me and have my back. You know, like I was the kid in school where I would just get distracted and go off into fairyland while the teacher was explaining what to do. And then as soon as everyone was like, right, time to start working, I'd have to turn to my friend and be like, oh, can you tell me what to do? Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? And I would just expect my friends to save me because I, I couldn't show up and listen to the teacher for three minutes. And anything that ever happened in life, like, getting ready for school events or just any anything where there was like a group activity going on. I was always just in the back of the pack, never wanted to have anything to do with the organization of anything. I just wanted to go along and have everyone else carry my weight for me basically because I think a lot of it was 
I felt very, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my ability to do things properly. And so I always, I felt like everyone else, I was going to leave everything to everyone else. Let them handle the work and I'll just go along for the ride. Now, that caused a lot of stress and anxiety for me because it didn't enable me to develop my problem-solving skills from a very young age because I was always just letting everyone else do the problem-solving for me and just going along for the ride. And so as I got older, I started realizing that there weren't as many people around to have my back for me, particularly when I reached early adulthood. I was out in the workforce. I was having to make my own decisions for work. I was having to take responsibility for myself in my living, my home life. I was, especially when I started my business, I I still hadn't fully honed in these problem-solving skills. I was definitely, I'd definitely come a long way. And now that I look back, I was using the methods I'm about to teach you back uh, back then, just not as well as I do now. But this is what I, this is why practice makes progress with what I'm going to show you today. But basically, I have faced a lot of problems in my early adulthood that were causing me a lot of stress and anxiety and I didn't know how to solve them. And I had to build my own self-trust to be able to become a problem solver. And the only way to build self-trust is to show up and solve the problems that are facing you. And I noticed that there was sort of a unique way that I was going about this because our brains get very, very cluttered with things that are freaking us out and our brains love to go into the negative. They want to sit in the negative and stay aware of what is dangerous to us. You'll always hear me talk about how that is part of our evolution. Our brains always want to be aware of what is dangerous to us. So they're always focusing on the negative, which is why it's very easy to sit in a constantly anxious stressed out state and to feel very flustered and overwhelmed all the time, but we don't need to. Now, one thing I have noticed over time is that I've got a very structured brain. I love lists. I love to organize things. I love to be very structured and organized with everything. So this is where my fader method actually stems from. And I started noticing how effective it was when I started building it out into what it actually is now. So my girls, My girls who are listening who are flustered, overwhelmed, overworked, feeling like you've got all of these things rushing around in your head, just freaking you out, keeping you awake at night, stopping you from being able to focus on the important tasks, stopping you from being as productive as you want to be, and just feeling like you're in this constant, flustered, stressed out, anxious state, grab a pen and paper because you are going to want to take notes on what I'm about to share with you for my fader method. Now, when I know that this is, it's going to sound pretty, I don't know, maybe confusing is not the word I'd use. It's going to sound like you're probably going to hear it and be like, really? How does that work? Like, how do you actually do that? When you practice what I'm telling you today, you will get better and better at it. I've given this tool to the FitFam numerous times. Like when girls come to me and they're dealing with certain stressful situations, I'll always give them the fader method. My OG FitFam girls will know it as FAD. It started as FAD and I've still been building it out even more. So it's now become FADER and I'm going to explain why and what each letter means. It's an acronym. So basically FADER as an acronym 
It stands for file, action or adapt and develop emotional resilience. So we're going to go through each one of those, what it means and how you do it so that you can solve your problems that are causing you stress and lower your stress and anxiety levels and be more productive and just live a happier life basically. So it started out as FAD. So if you've seen any of my previous content about this method, it's called, it used to be called FAD, which was fix, adapt or deal. But over time, I've realized when I teach it that way, it kind of wasn't making as much sense because fix and adapt are very similar and it missed the point of actually the very first most important step, which I'm going to take you through now. So F now no longer stands for fix, it stands for file. Because this is a thing I was always doing first that I realized wasn't encapsulated in the acronym. File. File the things that are stressing you out. What I mean by that is grab a pen and paper and make a list of all of the things that are worrying you. So basically you're going you're gonna to just write them all down. It doesn't matter how long that list is. You're going to write them all down. Once you've brain dumped onto that piece of paper, you're going to categorize them. You're going to number them from one to however many you've got. One being the most important and pressing. What is worrying you the most? That gets a number one. And then you're going to go down the list sequentially and number them all in in order of importance until you get to the least important. So that's F, file. You're going to file the things that are worrying you. And what's going to happen here is crazy in and of itself this when I first started doing this I was just like oh my gosh like is this I mean it's basically it's just journaling but what you're going to do with with your list after this is where the real change is going to take place but you're going to notice a lot of relief just after you start with f with filing once you get everything that's in your head that's freaking you out that's stressing you out once you write it down on a piece of paper it's like you look at that piece of paper and go huh you're actually not that scary. Like I can see all of my problems now. I, I'm not, they're not racing around in my head, bashing against each other and creating chaos inside my head anymore. They're actually on paper for me to see and I can organize and categorize these things. Wow. Half of these things I don't even need to worry about. Like that happens to me all the time. I'll look at my list and I'm like, why am I worried about the amount of dust on the windowsills? You know, like little things that you're just like, I can literally easily fix that. And this is, this is going to bring us into A, which is action or adapt. Now, I'm going to go through a few different scenarios where you can actually use action or adapt to give you a bit of context as to how you would use it. So basically what we're doing with action or adapt is we're solving the problems, we're fixing them. The problems that can be fixed and removed, we're doing, we're fixing. So you're either going to take action and fix the problem that's stressing you out, or you're going to adapt in some way so that that problem no longer affects you because sometimes you're going to need one or both. Now, let's look at a situation of like overwhelm, okay? So are you stressed? Are you so busy that you just do not have enough time in the day to get everything done? Do you have too much on your plate for the amount of hours in the day and the amount of energy you have in your body battery every day? If that's a problem that is freaking you out, overwhelm and having too much to do and not enough time, can you delegate some tasks? Can you maybe then make another list of all of the stuff that you have to do on a daily basis and take a look at it and go, actually, you know what? I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Let me get such and such to do this. Or 
just seek some sort of assistance somewhere where you can get someone else to help you. So actually take a look at all of the stuff you've got to do for your day and just ask, what's on this list that actually doesn't need to be done? And this is something I'll share with my girls when I'm teaching them about time management. So I'm going to give you this little gold nugget here as well. But one of the most empowering things you can do to save time and to stop being so overwhelmed and busy is to look at your to-do list and actually see what's on there that doesn't need to be done when you've decided you're going to do it. Like, do you have a packed out schedule on a Wednesday and you're like, yeah, but I'm going to vacuum the floor still. Like, do you have to? Can the vacuuming be done on Thursday when you've got nothing else to do? Like, are you packing your days with stuff you don't need to do at that time? So overwhelm, being too busy, having too much on your plate. I recommend making a list and just looking at what you've got on you, like what what's your to-do list and just look at it and go, what needs to be done on this day? What doesn't, what can go entirely? What can I delegate? You know, remove some of these tasks that are overwhelming you from being a problem for you. So that would be taking action on a, on the problem of overwhelm, right? Another way you can help with overwhelm is set yourself some boundaries. Like, are you saying yes to too many people? Are you so busy, but then your brother rings and is like, can you pick me up from the doctors at 2 p.m.? And you're like, well, I'm supposed to be getting ready to pick your kids up from school, but sure, you know, like you've just added something else to your list that is freaking you out that is not really your problem. So set yourself some boundaries to where you actually say no to people. And I'm not saying, you know, cut your family off, but you get what I mean. Like, are there things you're saying yes to, people you're doing things for, going out of your way for that really you should be pulling back and setting some boundaries for yourself to stop those from becoming problems that stress you out. To-do lists, as I've just mentioned, are incredibly powerful. I highly recommend that you do make them because when you've got yourself a to-do list, not only can you eliminate the crappy tasks that you don't need to be doing, you can also move things around so that your schedule is a bit more free, but it will also help you to set those boundaries because if you've got a packed out Wednesday, but your head is just so flustered and you're like, oh my God, I can't even think straight right now. And someone says, do you want to pick me up from the doctors at 2 p.m.? You're like, yeah, sure. But then Wednesday comes around and you're like, oh my God, um, I don't know how I'm going to fit this in now because I forgot I've got this, 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 and this. But if you've got a to-do list, you could look at Wednesday and be like, oh, actually, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to be busy at that time. You know what I mean? So having to-do list, I actually fill out my to-do list for the, for the coming week every Friday with just the tasks I know I'm going to be doing. And then anything that pops up as I go just gets added to that day. I highly recommend you do that. That can really help with um, taking action on an issue like overwhelm. Is it, you know, is something that is worrying you, is a problem that is causing you stress? Is it someone in your life? Is it people, you know, people at work, people at home, family, friends? Is it people that are causing you stress? If that's the case, then you can take action on that by speaking to those people. Communication is actually something that we underutilize a crazy amount. Like how easy is it to just rock up to work and be like, yeah, my boss treats me like shit. My colleagues gossip about people all the time and it really rubs me up the wrong way, but I just sit there and take it. Like talk to these people, try some communication, use your words, like actually speak, use passive communication. You know, don't come at them and point out what they're doing wrong. Just come at them with words like, 
I feel like this is happening and this is how it's making me feel kind of thing, you know? Is there a way we can change this from happening? You know, have open communication with the person who is affecting you and you'll be so surprised how relieving it is to actually talk to people because a lot of the time we will actually create assumptions in our head about why someone is acting a certain way. We won't actually communicate with that person about what they're doing that's affecting us. We just make up a story as to why we think they're doing it, which is totally wrong. And so we get riled up and annoyed because we've created this story. But then if you go and speak to that person, you will more often than not find out a completely different reason that they're doing it. And they probably don't even realize that they're triggering you. So communication, oh my gosh, like mm, powerful. So that could be a great way you could fix or adapt a situation involving people that is stressing you out. Is there something where you need professional help? You know, are you actually struggling with something where you need to talk to a professional? Is it a medical condition that's panicking, that's making you panic? You know, have you got something going on with your body that you're really worried about, but you're too scared to talk to somebody or go to see a professional or you don't know who to see? Just Mate, take the first step of just reaching out to anybody that's a professional. Don't don't speak to your neighbor about it. Go to someone who's a professional. Even if the first step is just a regular GP, you know, if there is something that you need professional help with, maybe it is a mental health problem that you are worried about that keeps worrying you and it's purely just, you know, mental health issue. Like not just the fact that you've got so many problems that it's giving you anxiety, but like an actual clinically diagnosed situation of like depression or anxiety or something to do mentally that you need to seek help for seek the help you know is it is it something to do are you worried about your weight are you worried about your health are you worried about your fitness seek professional help to get that problem out of your head so you don't have to stress about it anymore you know so you know is there is there professional help that you need to seek that can help you take action like take the action and seek the help and that's how you would eliminate that problem is there, you know, something as little as like, I know for me personally, I'll be like, yeah, my car needs a service. And I will literally stress out for weeks because I'm just like, oh, I forgot to, forgot to book the appointment. Oh, I forgot to book the appointment. Oh, I can't bother booking the appointment. When am I going to get in to see the, the mechanic? All of the, and I'll just literally stress myself out for weeks over a bloody mechanic appointment, you know, like just book the bloody appointment. Stop stewing on it. But see, the thing is, if you don't stop and make a list and file all of the things that are worrying you, it's so easy to forget stuff like booking your car into to the mechanic. But when you make this list, you're like, oh my God, I'm so flustered and overwhelmed. What is making me worry? And then you write this list and you're like, car needs to go to the mechanic. And it's like, oh shit, yeah, let's do that now. You know, like take action, fix it. No longer a problem, right? Close that tab. So it's little, It's it can be just as little as that. Because most of our stress, most of the reason that we actually feel so stressed and flustered and anxious these days is because everything is just floating around in our head and actually floating is the wrong word. It's more like they're pinging around in our head. Like someone's just thrown a marble into a glass jar and it's just bouncing off all of the different walls, but there's like a million marbles. There's no order to it. It's stressful to watch. Like that's going on inside your brain. You know, all of these different crazy thoughts and everything are just, and none of them are getting fully processed. And so you're getting even more stressed because you've got all of these half-baked concerns going on inside your brain. Plus you've actually got to take physical action on getting through each day. It's 
chaos. So, um, so yeah, just even the smallest of things, you know, that's why making the list is so valuable. And hey, you know, is it, is it something else that's worrying you that's a little bit bigger than that? You know, are you stuck in a job that you hate and you're just like, I don't know how to get out of this job and it's really worrying me. It's like stressing me out. I hate this job. I hate where my life is going. I really want to do something about it. Like, do you want to start your own business? Do you want to be that girl who works from home on her own terms? You know, instead of panicking about the fact that you hate your job, start taking some action on starting the business and creating the life that you want. Who do you need to talk to to help you do that? What, what can you look up? What courses can you do? What, who can help you start the business that you want to start? You know, like don't just sit there and panic and let the stress of the job that you hate freak you out for the rest of your life. Start taking some small action every day or at least, you know, a weekly that's going to help you build that business that you want or that's going to help you escape that job that you don't like. Like take action on it, right? So there's a generalized kind of list of different contexts that you could use action or adapt for just so that you've got a bit of an idea of what you could, how you could apply that to your problems that are concerning you. Now, this brings us to the last three letters, which is basically a sentence. It's just, it's develop emotional resilience. Now, this is what we do if we can't take action or adapt to the problem. If it's something that you can't change, like if someone is terminally ill, for example, it's not like you can fix that. You know, you can't just go and cure whatever it is that they've got by yourself. Um, you know, maybe your dog passed away. Like what we lost, we lost Coach Logan a few weeks ago. You know, like things that you can't actually fix or adapt or take action on or adapt you are going to need to reduce your stress levels against that problem by developing emotional resilience to it. You're going to have to just come in and have your own back on this one. Now, I'm going to give you some examples here of how you can apply this so that you can actually do it yourself. And please, if you do want further help with this, because I'm not going to be able to really give you, this is something that kind of, for it to be super impactful, it needs to be sort of explained on how to do it in the situation that you're in at the time because everyone's situations vary so greatly the way our brains work vary so greatly I'm going to give you some foundational things today that you will be able to apply but if you feel like you need a little bit more help with doing this part just send me a dm I will drop my social links in the show notes and you'll be able to reach out to me and just say hey look MJ I'd love some more help on the emotional resilience part of um, your fader method cool so now that you've got your list, okay, you've got your list of things that are worrying you, the, the file, you've got your file. The first thing I want you to do is take a look at each one and you can even go further and journal on this if you want to, but acknowledge the negative side to it. Acknowledge what it is about that thing that is worrying you and it can be really cleansing to actually write it down and get it out of your head again so that all of the negative thoughts aren't rushing around in your brain but acknowledge the negative side to it and accept that it's it's there and allow yourself to feel the emotions you're having about it. 
these emotions aren't bad. They just serve as our awareness of the situation. Like our emotions are based on our perceptions of situations. So if you perceive a situation to be good, you're going to feel happy about it. If you perceive it to be bad, you're going to feel bad about it. We need these emotions to help us become aware of the world around us so that we can navigate it and basically survive through it. It helps us make decisions and it helps us craft a path forward in our lives. But there is duality in everything. There is always a a flip side. So you've got a good side and you've got a bad side to everything. And we spend a lot of time focusing on the negatives because as I said before and as I always say, our brains always want to stick on the negative side because they want to know where the danger is, what to avoid. So the negative is always going to come to the forefront. So you're going to have to take a little bit of time here to look at what the positive side is. Look at the positives. So for example, if if it was someone who is terminally ill, for example, and I know that's it's a, it's a morbid thing to talk about, but like it's a great example of a situation you cannot fix. Now, you can sit and acknowledge the fact that that person is going to pass. There is going to be a time where that is going to happen. And yeah, it's sad and you will miss them. But on the flip side of that, you have the memories that you had with that person. You can spend the time you've got now until the time they pass making the most of the time you have together in the best way that you can, you know. Look at all of the positive situations that can come out of or look at all of the positive sides of the situation. Remind yourself of the positives. The more time you spend focusing on the positives of situations, once you've acknowledged and sat with the negatives, you become so much better at it. It's like strengthening a muscle. Our brains technically are like a muscle. The more we use them and teach them to do certain things, the better they get at it. So if you keep teaching your brain to always seek the positive thoughts in something as well, once you've acknowledged the negative, because the negative is going to come through first, sometimes you might get to the point where the positives come through first, which is great. And then you've got to sort of think, okay, so what's the duality here? Is there any negatives I need to be aware of? But in situations where it's a problem, obviously the negatives are coming through first. If you're having to apply fader to it, it's because the negatives are coming through first. So you're going to acknowledge the negative. You're going to sit with the negative. You're going to allow yourself to feel the emotions of the negative. And then you're going to look at the positive sides and you're going to do that every time so that you can train yourself to get really good at seeing the positive side of things as well. The reduction in stress you will feel from pointing out on purpose the positive side of even the hardest situation, like, oh, it's... mm. It's so empowering, honestly. Now, you're going to also, there's another tool that um, that you can use in developing emotional resilience to things that are worrying you. This is my favorite one to use when it comes to freaking out about things that could happen in the future. Now, I love this. Uh, I think it's like it's a story that Will Smith tells about when he went skydiving. I think I might have talked about this recently as well. I can't remember. I think it was about, I think it was when, um, yeah, I was talking about it in the last episode, but it's just so powerful and it's so damn true. The skydiving story, like why spend, why freak out now 
and destroy your happiness in the moment over panicking about something that's in the future that hasn't even happened yet. So, and I think I gave an example of one of my girls who was concerned about a flight to Bali. She has some traumatic experiences and memories that may make her fearful of being confined to an aeroplane, particularly for the flight from Australia to Bali. So she was panicking weeks before the flight, panicking, stressing out about how freaked out she may have going to may have been going to be. I'm going to reword that a lot more easily to understand. She was freaking out weeks before the flight about how much she may freak out on the flight. So the flight hasn't happened yet, isn't going to happen for weeks. She doesn't even know for sure how bad she's going to freak out on the flight, but she's ruining her happiness now, weeks before, panicking about how worried she might be in a few weeks. And I said to her, you are safe now. Bring yourself back to the present moment. This thing you're worrying about in the future is not here yet and nine times out of ten will not be anywhere near as bad as your brain is going to make it out to be right now if you go down that rabbit hole. So you're literally robbing yourself of your own happiness in this moment over something in the future that hasn't even happened yet and probably won't happen at all in a bad way. She got on that flight. She voice messaged me because she's a one-on-one client, so we have Voxer. And she voice messaged me and said, I didn't even panic on the flight. I had one little moment where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I've got this and I was fine. And I was just like, boom, girl, there you go. All of those weeks prior to the flight, you could have been completely lost of happiness over something that wasn't even going to be a problem and turned out to not be a problem, you know? So like that was really empowering for her. And and this is what I do all the time. If I'm worried about something that's coming up in the future and I feel myself sitting there stewing on it and I just think, hang on a sec, that hasn't happened yet, you know? I bring myself back to the present. I'm safe right here, right now. Let me be happy and present in this moment. If it is something that you're worried about because you need to do something to organize a future event, like let's say you're, you're planning a birthday party and you're like, oh my God, I've got so many things to do for this birthday in two weeks time. Just quickly make a list, you know, like quickly go, okay, what things do I need to do for that party to make sure it goes to plan? And get, get it out of your head, you know, just write down what it is that you've got to do and then delegate that to another day to action it if you can't action it on the spot. But get it out of your head so it's on a list, you won't forget it, get it done and you don't have to panic about it anymore. You don't have to ruin your own happiness in the moment over something that's coming up in the future that's probably not even going to go to shit. Does that make sense? So bring yourself back to the present and just remember what you're freaking out about in the future is not happening right now. And then there's a couple of other things I really want to put to you that are going to ask you to self-reflect. I want you to self-reflect a little bit in in some circumstances. You'll find where this is going to be applicable. But ask yourself, you know, put the mirror on you and ask, is this actually something I really need to be worried about? Like, do I actually need to be upset about this thing or am I projecting my emotions onto this thing because I feel triggered for some reason, you know? Are you just amplifying how stressed you are about something because of a trigger that it has caused in you? And another thing you can also look at is, is is it actually your problem at all anyway? I know me personally, I had to consciously ditch this habit because I just got so fed up with how stressed I was for absolutely no freaking reason. 
But how many times you have you had a phone call from a girlfriend or gone for coffee and just come away feeling so like, oh my God, I'm so mad at everyone right now, you know, like because all you did was bicker and gossip about the bullshit that's going on in other people's lives and like, oh, such and such rang up and said this about such and such and, you know, now there's a huge fight going on in the friendship group and you get riled up even though it's got nothing to do with you. Or like family members calling you, telling you that another family member has done something to them, asking you to get involved, you get emotionally stressed and and flustered over problems that other people are having. Like this can come back to setting boundaries. But is it actually your problem to be worried about? Are you stressing out about a situation that's going on between two other people that don't even have anything to do with you? Are you being dragged into something that you don't need to be a part of? So... And there's another one is, is it true? Are you consuming, are you consuming content or information from untrustworthy news sites, getting stressed and freaked out about shit that's actually not even real? Be careful of the content that you consume. So is it actually, is it actually your problem? Is, is the, is the situation even anything to do with you if it's not? set a boundary for yourself and just immediately close that tab. You don't need the stress of it. Is it true? Are you freaking out about something that's actually false because you got it from a tr- an untrustworthy news site? Even if you think it's trustworthy, I'd check. You know, if you find out a piece of information that you are really worried about, fact check it. Fact check it until the cows come home because honestly, there's so much stress in the world right now just because too many people are consuming free-to-air news and free-to-air news is literally programmed to make you feel shit, to freak you out, to scare you because our brains want the negative. So they're going to go watch the news because it's negative, because it's so-called, and I've got air quotations here, teaching them what to avoid, right? News outlets know they make millions off dishing out the bad news and putting a bad news spin on everything. They want you to think the world is burning down so that you keep coming back and listening to more news because we thrive off it. But if you can take a stand for yourself and say, I'm not going to consume that shit, don't become part of the pack and fact check anything that does worry you just to make sure that you're not freaking out about something that doesn't actually need to worry you. Now, there is another one here as well that I really want to put forward to you as well. And I want you to pay attention to it because it's so powerful. It is so powerful. And this is this also joins up with the, the one I said at the start about um, self-reflecting, like ask yourself, is this something you actually need to be upset about? Now, here's the, here's the gold nugget in this one. Do you need to reframe your own standards or beliefs about something? Have you at some point in your life adopted some sort of belief that makes you, well, some sort of yeah, belief that makes you uphold a certain standard for something that is causing you stress because it's not being met. So let's say, for example, you, I'm going to just going to use something very simple here and put it in relationship terms. Let's say you are someone who has always been meticulously tidy. Like your house, if your house is not so spotless that you could literally lick the floor then you would lose your shit. You know, are you, okay, I'm 
I'm not putting this to anyone who is particularly like that, but let's just say, for example, you were the kind of person who was so meticulously clean, neat freak that you upheld such a standard of yourself that the house had to be so spotless you could lick the floor. And then you fell in love with someone who likes to leave crumbs on the bench, drop their T-shirt on the, the bathroom floor instead of putting it in the basket, doesn't really make the bed to your standard in the mornings and you're getting livid. Like you're getting to the point where you're like, I'm about to bust my nut here. Like I cannot deal with the state of this house. Okay. Now that is a standard you've set based on a belief that you've created at some point in your life that made you feel like that standard said something about you. Cool. This is how beliefs and standards work. But the problem is You've set this bar so high for yourself that this person's come into your life and they aren't meeting that standard because that's your standard. That's your standard based off a belief that you've created at some point in your life about what that standard says about you, what that standard of cleanliness says about you. Now, do you need to actually take a look at yourself and go, oh, hang on a sec. Does my house actually have to be so spotless that you could lick the floor at two o'clock on a Wednesday? You know, like... Could I maybe accept the fact that I can still be the integral person who I believe myself to be and still have a slightly less clean house? Can I relieve myself of some of this stress by adapting my standards and the beliefs that uphold those standards? And that's just an example, a contextual example that you can use and apply to anything. Is there some some things in your life where you are getting really stressed and worried because your standards aren't being met or you're struggling to meet your own standards, but realistically those standards are way higher than they need to be anyway because you've attached this belief to yourself that you aren't the person that you want to be if you don't meet that standard. Like take a good hard look at your standards. Obviously there are some standards in life we want to hold ourselves to the cows come home you know like mine are honesty personal integrity and open communication all those sorts of things but like yeah I like to be clean and tidy but I'm not gonna bust my nut to clean my house every night thinking that if I don't I'm less of a person I've lowered that standard to the point where I'm like okay I know I'm still an integral person if my house is tidy and I at least clean it once a week you know like I'm not putting the standard up so high that I'm like I'm gonna clean it every day So I'm not panicking and stressed out about the state of my house because I'm meeting that standard, you know? So um, that's just one that you can take and adapt to your personal situation to make it work for you. But that can be another thing that would be stressing you out and causing unnecessary stress and anxiety for you is if you've set a standard for yourself that's way too high and you really don't need to be meeting it. And um, and yeah, so you can you can take a look at those standards and those beliefs that you have about yourself that create that made you create those standards, and just reason with yourself and be realistic, you know. But writing these things down can actually really help you reflect on them and take a look and just go, where do I really need to draw the line? You know, where am I being unrealistic, and what can I do and change to make things a bit easier for myself? So that's basically. That's basically it. That is my fader method. Um, it's most updated version. And I feel like this this has really landed for me now when I've been teaching it and I've been applying it for myself 
for years now, but now that I've sort of reframed it as file action or adapt and develop emotional resilience, it's definitely all encompassing of the whole process of how you do this now. And that's why I wanted to share this on the podcast now, because I've been doing it for a very long time now since I've coined it. And it's, mm, I can't even begin with words about how effective it is. So I really want you to try and use it for all of the things that are stressing you out, causing you anxiety, make those lists, girl, file your problems, and then either take action on them or adapt or develop emotional resilience. So I hope you have got as much from this podcast episode as I wanted you to. If you've got any questions from this episode, I will drop my socials in the show notes for you. You can send me a DM there and I'll be happy to chat. Otherwise, if you got value from this episode, please do not keep it to yourself. Do not selfishly hide it away. There are other girls out there who need to have their stress and anxiety levels dropped. So if you've got a family member or a friend who you think would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with them so they can benefit from it as well. And take a screenshot and share it to your social story so that more people can find it as well. We can get out there and reach more people, help more people. And if you've got time, I would absolutely love it if you could pop over and give us a five-star review on the platform that you're listening on, because that helps us go further up in the list when people are searching for health and wellness and mindset podcasts, which means we can reach and help more people as well. So just sharing, sharing the fitness, sharing the sharing the amazingness. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied now. I've been talking for 40 minutes straight, so I'm going to leave it there. Have an amazing rest of your day or night, wherever you are listening. A really loud motorbike just went past. I don't know if you heard it, but let's just roll with it. Have an amazing day or night, wherever you are listening, and I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and got value from this episode. If you did, please remember to hop over to the review section and leave us a five-star review to help us reach and inspire more people to live their best lives. Also, remember any links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes for you now. I cannot wait to speak to you again in the next episode.